The following podcast is a Dear Media production. We had the founder of Botanic Tonics on the podcast, and he talked about Feel Free. And he explains how this little like tincture, it's a wellness tonic. It's a plant-based wellness tonic. It's absolutely amazing. It's actually an alternative to alcohol, and it has kava in it. And how I've liked to use this little tonic is I'll take a few sips when I'm on a walk with a friend, and I describe it as like a heart opener. A lot of people like kava for anxiety, so it makes sense that I would have like a heart opening experience. It kind of gives you not a buzz, but you just feel open and ready to like take on anything, kind of like euphoric vibes, along with like a sense of relaxation. And I love taking it on a walk, especially in nature. I do it probably two times a week. I just started with a sip and now I moved up to two sips and it comes in this little blue tincture and it's like an herbal supplement. If you are wanting to dip your toe in any kind of plant-based situations, this is a great way to start. It's like a feel-good wellness tonic. It's known to enhance your productivity. And like I said, it's an alcohol alternative. So if you feel like you want to replace your wine at night, this is a great way to start. Like I said, start with a sip, see how you do, and then you can try like another sip. Michael takes a half of it. And my friend Khalil does a half too when he does it. It's absolutely adorable and it just helps calm your nerves. So feel free. We have a code for you. Use code skinny for 25% off. This is like a great Christmas gift or holiday gift too, because you can give it to someone and be like, let's go on a walk and take a couple sips of feel free. When I was in college, I would just go to any random store and get a pan. It's so crazy that you even literally have to worry about your pans now because there's so many pans out there that have chemicals in them and lead and all these nasty things that you're cooking your eggs on. So enter Caraway Homes. Okay. Non-toxic kitchenware. They have designed this for the modern home. So it's cute. It's chic. I even got like a cream that matches my house. It has chemical-free ceramic coating. So food can be prepared with peace of mind. And none of those hard to pronounce chemical compounds that we don't know what they are will leach into your healthy ingredients. All the sets come equipped with easy access storage solutions. So there's no stacking required. It comes with like a little cute thing that you can just like put your lids in and stack your lids in. I'll show it to you on Instagram story. It's very efficient and organized. You should know that all their products are not made with PFAS, PTFE, PFAO, or any other hard to pronounce, like I said, chemicals. They also have a naturally sleek surface. So that means you don't have to put tons of butter or oil. And 30,000 people have raved about this non-toxic kitchenware. They have an incredible cyber season event sale happening. This is the perfect time to stock up on non-toxic kitchenware. You're going to visit carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase for non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long, so you're going to visit carawayhome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. This is such a good gift. I would like die for this gift. carawayhome.com. And on that note, let's get into the show. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. Uh-huh. 
try not to compare yourself to other people. I think we've been plagued and bombarded with like a very specific image of like how you're supposed to look as a woman and like, for me as a model, like I'll never forget, I reached this point when I was like a size six and I would fluctuate too, between like a four to an eight and I was all over the place. But I had one manager who was like by my side and really passionate about me. And I was like, listen, I can't keep trying to be smaller, smaller, smaller. I need to be like this and I need someone to support me and like help me find jobs with people who want me like this. We have Emily DiDonato on the podcast today. She is a mother. She is a wife. She has been featured on the cover of numerous magazines such as Vogue, Marie Claire, Elle, and more. She's major, you guys. She was the face and spokesmodel for Maybelline New York for over 10 years. She's also modeled for brands like Armani, Juicy Couture, Ralph Lauren, and so many more. But she's super passionate about promoting health, wellness, skincare, and promoting body positivity. I was really interested to have her on the podcast because I love how she's utilized social media. She has really involved her followers in building her brand called Covey Skincare. And she's really interactive with the brand. And she's taken the brand and sort of content marketed her skincare routine to create Covey. So having her on and hearing about her journey with body positivity and her struggles and her postpartum struggles, and then this launch, being an entrepreneur and being a mother is just so interesting and inspiring. I think you're going to love this episode. On that note, let's welcome the glowing, the amazing, the beautiful Emily to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. This is the Skinny Confidential Him and Her. What was the first moment that you were recognized as a model? Did someone come up to you or was it something that your parents pushed you into or that you wanted to pursue? Oh, like being discovered, you mean? You could call it discovered or okay. maybe you're at the gas station. Someone yes. came up to you. Okay. So I was scouted technically at a mall in Connecticut, the Danbury Mall to be specific. Great mall. So I'm from upstate New York originally. I was there shopping with my mom and there was this modeling competition happening there where like people were going on stage and like walking a runway. But I was literally like 16 at the time. So I was there with my mom. I'll never forget. I was in like Skechers sneakers, like just walking around shopping. Someone came up to me and they were like, hey, it was actually one of the agents. Like I'll never forget it. They think they were from Elite. And they're like, you should come do this thing that's happening over here. You can go on stage and then you like win a trip to New York City and consign with a modeling agency. And me and my mom were just like, okay, like, sure. So I went over there, went on stage like it was nothing. And then I met like 10 different agents from different agencies. And then I ended up signing with one of them after that. And then within a week, I was literally working as a model. Like I was shooting Ralph Lauren that week. It was pretty wild. You have beautiful blue eyes. Thank I, you. I mean, when you were growing up, though, people must have told you all the time, you're so beautiful. I feel like I was like most teenagers had my awkward stage. I had braces and was very dorky and kind of not very dorky, but very athletic, did not feel comfortable with like my femininity. So I felt like I didn't blossom until like I got my braces off and like 17, 18 years old, I feel. I don't mean to brag, but I had braces too when I was dating Michael. She went clear. And she I went clear, clear and you can't go clear because I had fucking like pizza on the braces and the rubber bands. And then we, Michael and I would make out. It was a whole thing. But yeah, I, 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 I relate to you. True love. I relate yeah. to you. I mean, I do remember those braces though. And it was, it, I did have to. <laughs> you were, you were, why do you remember? I mean, how could, you, how could you forget? How could you forget? Okay. So once you get right into Ralph Lauren, that's like crazy. I mean, that doesn't, yeah. you know, that doesn't happen to like one of the most iconic brands in the world. Yeah, totally. So and I was what like, is that like? You're thrown into that. 
So I was thrown into that photo shoot. I brought my mom because I was just like, I can't go anywhere alone. I was like a junior in high school. And I went to the photo shoot and I remember I was so awkward and I didn't know how to pose and I didn't know how to do anything. There were people that were literally like placing my hand on my hip and like putting a leg out. And they're like, okay, just like stay like that because I was so green and had no idea what I was doing. And all the other models, I'll never forget one of the other models was Hannah Jeter who's now married to Derek Jeter at the time. She was not, who's one of the most stunning people in the entire world. And I was just watching her model and being like, okay, if I just like copy her, this will work, (laughs) which did work. But yeah, it was, it was definitely, I felt like I was like, wow, this is happening very quickly. Cause for so many models, they come from all over the world and they work their asses off. And like, it takes years sometimes for people to really hit their break. So I felt really lucky early on that I had great momentum. And I think if that hadn't happened, I don't know if I would have continued as long as I have. Meaning like if you just, if you had to do what all the other people were doing and like not go through the scouting process, you would have just just like, no, this is not for me. I think like, you know, when I first started modeling like 12 years ago, people would come from like Eastern Europe, Brazil, and they would be doing shows and shows and shows and going to all the cities. And, you know, you don't even get paid to do runway shows. And they're really like, beating the pavement and out there. And I admire them, but I just like don't think I had the spiritual strength to like what I see some of these girls do and endure. Well, this is very disheartening for me because I was always <laughs> hanging out in the malls back in the day and nobody ever popped up to me and said, get on the stage. <laughs> no one could see you. There's still time. Yeah. Maybe, yeah <laughs> Taylor, go find me the nearest mall. I'm going to go creep around and hang out. Maybe somebody will find me. When you look back on your whole modeling experience, what are the things that you think have really helped you in a lot of ways? Like maybe it's made you more confident, whatever it is. Or what are the things that have not, like pros and cons? It's a good question. I think what has helped is like, as a model, you work with different people almost every single day. Like you never see the same faces. You're in different countries working with new people. Some people don't speak English. Sometimes you're thrown into very strange and weird situations and asked to do weird things. And I felt like it did force me to grow up very early on and kind of learn how to speak up for myself early on. Because I would be in situations and you're treated like an adult, even if you're like, 15, 16, I've seen it on set. So you're kind of like, all right, I need to like set my own boundaries and figure this out and like figure out how to navigate these situations or complicated situations or very tense situations. There's many people, many cooks in the kitchen, you could say. What's a tense or complicated situation? My mind goes to a very dark place. So I need to, I want to understand this a little more. I mean, there's many different variations of that. Like it can be like just tenseness between like a photographer and an art director and the client who all want something completely different. And they're just like fighting in front of you. And then you're just the model standing there being like, can someone just tell me like what you want? Like, I don't know. You just have to tell me someone. Or then there's tough situations where you don't get along with the photographer, or maybe you're getting weird vibes from them, or like the energy is off. Like that happens too. And you're just like, all right, how do I navigate this and get through this day and do my job and be professional, but also like keep my boundaries and like get what I want out of this day. How many pervs are in this industry? Is it really pervy? <laughs> Like, let me ask you this. Listen, uh, let, let me ask you a different have way. Dark minds, right? so <laughs> no, like, let me ask you a different like, way. Teddy, your daughter, yeah, gorgeous. She wants to get into modeling at fifteen. She's shaking her head. No. <laughs> okay. W- w- like, what's the, what's the advice there to her? Like, it's your daughter. So, is, is the industry like? Would you? You don't have to say it's gross, but I'm just saying there's circumstances. It seems where where young women are put in situations that they shouldn't be in. Well, caveating it that there's probably a lot of great characters in the industry, but there's like anything else, there's bad apples. And so like, absolutely thinking about that. Yeah. I think it kind of links back to your previous question too. Like what was not good that I got out of it? And I think like things have gotten a lot better. I think 
as time has gone on, there is a lot more inclusivity. People cannot be as mean and as crude as they used to be when I started 10 years ago, because now they'll get called out on Twitter or Instagram or something like that. But I I think when I think of my daughter doing it, I think what was not good about being in this, in this industry was like, you know, I was 17 years old and at a very young age, I was being judged and critiqued by my physique and being told that I was too big and too fat and you know, I was actually having this conversation with my friend Kate Bach, and we were saying we would fly all the way to Europe at a certain time of year for like shows or for castings. And we would go see our agents and they would be like, hey, thanks so much for coming and making the trip, but don't let anyone see you like this. Like you're very fat. And if we have like a big client seeing you right now, your career will be over. Like They said it like, like that. A hundred percent. And wow. me and Kate were like, that was like really traumatizing. When we were 17 years old, like you get off a flight and you're like, okay, I'm going to go see my agent. And you're like ready for your digitals. And they're like, hey, so glad you came. But like, you look awful. Like what happened? <laughs> you know what my favorite part of that about that is, is like, what did they look like? You know, like <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. You're not going to say it. They I won't get scooped up in the mall. Or yeah, they they're not right? getting scooped up in the mall or at the gas station working for Ralph Lauren. But at 17 years old, they're an adult. You feel like a kid and you believe them. Like you're like, oh, my God, I do look horrible. How? Why did I show up like this? Like, why did I eat that muffin last week? Like you are so hard on yourself. I used to be. One of the reasons that I really wanted to interview you, and this is where I'm like so curious about you, is you seem like you have a very strong foundation. You're very confident. Like even when you meet, when you meet you, you're like it's it, it's 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 a confidence. You're glowing. How did you take those experiences from modeling of people telling you, "Hey, you're really fat. You shouldn't have eaten this," to now? Because I mean. It, have you always been confident? Are you born with it? No, 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 no. I've definitely not always been confident. I think like what kept me confident in the industry, like as a model was like, like I mentioned, I had great momentum. Like I signed my Maybelline contract when I was 17 years old and I was with the brand for 12 years. Like I had only been modeling for six months. So I was kind of like, I solidified my name and kind of got this great like contract that was lucrative. And I kind of like set my got my place there. So I was kind of like, okay, that's great. And then it was like sort of the high fashion stuff where I wasn't quite the right fit or whatever you want to call it. And people would criticize and say I was too big and too fat and too curvy and athletic and so on. So I think I was like, okay, I'm not the right fit for everything, but I have this really great thing going for me or a couple of really great things going for me. So like, obviously something is working out, but I also think in terms of like confidence, like I'm from New York. My family was really close by. Like my parents were just like normal, wonderful, grounded people. And I felt like whenever things got rough and I was living in Manhattan and like having a rough day, I like went home to my parents and I like cried. And they're like, well, we love you. Like, it's fine. Like, I do think that strong foundation of family being close by was very grounding for me. Also very different from so many other models who come from so far away. The other models. <laughs> if, if I was modeling, I'd want to hang out with you. <laughs> That's because so you seem like really good energy. It, uh, there's got to be some kind of cattiness behind the scenes. It's so interesting. I was just having that conversation with another model on set the other day. I think that there are certain sets and brands that actually breeded like a, a competitive energy. And I actually wasn't on those sets. Like I was, you know, I think I'll just say like I had always heard rumors that like the Victoria's Secret commercials with Michael Bay, like girls were like, fighting for the spotlight in the center stage. And like, there was so much cattiness, but I was on like Maybelline sets, which is all beauty. And all the girls were so nice. It was like me, Adriana Lima, Christy Turlington, Gigi Hadid. Everyone's like so nice and jolly. Like I felt no competitive spirit, but you definitely run into girls who get there and they're like, how am I going to like maximize this situation, be the center of attention, whatever it might be. 
But I also don't really like get caught up on that because I'm like, I'm just here to like work and then go home. <laughs> it makes me really happy to hear that Adriana Lima is so nice. So nice. I mean, so chill. Oh, I was yeah. really worried. No, for a <laughs> no, no, that no. makes me happy to hear. She's a, to, to be so beautiful like you and her and also be nice. It's so yeah. important. A lot of like the most successful models that you probably think of, like they're successful for a reason because they're good at their job and like easy to work with and have like good personalities. By the way, in my opinion, if you're pretty and you're not nice, no one cares. I'm sorry. If you're Agreed. not a nice person and you're not kind and you don't treat like people equal, like, like there's nothing worse when you're out. I mean, we all know this when you're out to dinner with someone and they're so rude to the wait staff. Like it's it shows so much about their character. Yes. I mean, to me, like a pretty face, like if you're not a cool, nice, welcoming person, I don't know. Yeah. Have some depth. And especially in this industry, like the amount of beautiful women, it's abundant. They're everywhere. Right. So you do have to kind of be a good person and put your best foot forward when you show up to set. Where did you think that we got to a place when a size six is borderline plus size? And just to give Mike, do you know what a size six is? Because I, I feel like you don't. No. Okay. A size and I six, don't want to try to guess at it because no, I'm, don't, I'm, I'm, there's no way I win there. A size six is like, I mean... It's it's I don't know how to explain it in men's terms. How would you I don't know how to explain is it. Is it a medium? Yeah, it's yeah, about a medium. A medium. Yeah. Like a small medium. Yeah. It's a small medium. Yeah. Because I never got sizes because there's like a two negative two zero. What what is it? I've okay. taught you all about sizes. I know, in bra, ways. I know bra sizes. Yeah. You know bra sizes. Okay. Well, let's just okay. <laughs> then all right. Let me that do that. I, that I got a, a PhD size in. six is about is about a a a, a big B. Yeah, that's that's how uh -huh. we'll explain it. That's right. So right. it's not like we're like, how is a size six borderline plus size? I think it was just like, it's not even about being plus size. You know, in fashion, especially 10 years ago, there was a sample size and nothing else. There were no other options. Like when you would go to a set, whether it be for a commercial job or high fashion job or an editorial, they have the sample and nothing else. And when you see the girls walking down the runway in a sample, they're a double zero, which like meaning like the, like so the, when you say sample size, that's the clothing's there. Yes. It only comes in that one size. So if it you're not if you're not that, that size, size, you can't fit it. Exactly. Okay. And it's like the measurements are like a 34 inch hip, which is like I don't think I've ever had a 34 inch hip in my life. So I understood like when I would go to jobs, like it I would make a stylist job very difficult because I never fit into a pair of pants or jeans that were ever on a set. Like I have had so many situations where all the pants were completely opened in the back and it was basically like I was in chaps. Like they always had to kind of make accommodations. But I, it, at the time it was rare. It was exotic. It was different. Like people would always be like, oh my gosh, what a fresh air, like breath of fresh air. You're a size six. And I'd be like, yeah, I hope you have a pair of pants that are going to fit me today. <laughs> at what point? did you start your wheels start to spin and maybe it's when you're 16 maybe it's when you're 21 that you wanted to have the modeling world be the foundation and you wanted to use it as a springboard for other things you know it's interesting i think that i had always known that i wanted to use my modeling career to like springboard into other things because it's interesting as a model when you're 17 18 19 years old that's the peak of your career. There is like no other career like that where like that is the peak, except for maybe an athlete. So whenever I was 17, 18, 19, 20, in the peak of like my career, people would be like, but what are you going to do after this? Like when you turn 30, like, ooh, like what's next? And I would always be like, oh my God, what is next? What am I going to do after this? Which is why I felt like I took it seriously when I was like, okay, I want to like start doing content creation. I want to be an influencer. I want to be a blogger. And like 2014, 15, I was observing what was happening. And I was like, I want to do what those people are doing because everyone in my industry was mad because influencers were taking 
modeling jobs from like models. And I was like, well, I don't care. I'll just figure out how to do what they're doing. And then obviously later on launched my skincare brand Covey and kind of used my content creation background slash like platform to like bounce into that. So I kind of always had in mind, like, this is the peak of like my modeling career. So what is next? Because people remind you, they're like, yikes, when you're 30, it's all over. And I'm like, what? I'm just getting started. (laughs) Now I am. Yeah. I think the point of this interview so far is don't listen to what anyone else says. (laughs) And how have you always been entrepreneurial? Because it sounds like you, you've you you have that side of the brain. Yeah, I think like as a model, what I liked about it in some ways is like you know it's creative, and I would go to work and. But the thing is, people tell you what to do and what to wear and how to do it. And you don't have a lot of say. You're really like just kind of a prop in someone's like bigger picture and vision. And I think I always wanted more creative say and I always wanted to be more involved. And like content creation actually kind of led me to be able to do that at first. Like I was like, I like this. I edit my own videos. I create my own content. I do my own version of the campaign, the behind the scenes, like my lens of it. I always wanted my own take on like to give my own take on what was going on behind the scenes. So content creation led me to that. And then I felt like the entrepreneurial side just came out like with my skincare brand Covey just came out of like being in the industry for so long. Beauty was mostly what I did. My skin was my life, which led me into like that side of things. Well, I want to go back to when you decided that you were going to switch to to content. Yeah. What did that look like? Were you married at the time? Walk us through that. You had not obviously had your daughter yet. I had not had my daughter yet. Yeah. So I, I think it was like I had not, I was not married yet, but I got married shortly after. But I'll never forget when I I started kind of trying to take the more influencer route on Instagram. I was posting like the cheesiest photos of me like pretending to stretch and like pretending to drink a green juice because I was just looking at what like bloggers were posting and I was like, I think <laughs> this is what they do. <laughs> but like then I would go to work as a model on like legit shoots and people would be like, hey, what is your Instagram? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you posting like fake photos of you? And I was like, I like, I'm not sure yet, but I'm figuring it out. It was the same thing with YouTube. When I started my YouTube channel, like I was doing legit cover shoots for like Vogue and all these different things. And I would go to set and people would be like, are you like a vlogger now? Like, is that what you really want to be doing? Like, you're so brave. I'll never forget. You're so brave. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I feel a little awkward doing this. I'm definitely stepping out of my comfort zone. But like three years later, those same exact people were the ones who were like, hey, so I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel. I'm like, three years too late. Like, I'm already like, but yeah, people hopped on a little bit later for sure. All right. JS Health, Jessica of JS Health was just recently on the podcast and she owns this Australian wellness brand that's taking the world by storm. And one of the things I really like that she has that I've never seen that's unique is she has a thyroid plus formula. And these ingredients are all about a healthy thyroid and hormones. So it gives me also a boost of energy and helps my metabolism. If you know about thyroid conditions, it can sometimes affect your energy. So this is a real plus. If you have any thyroid things going on, you have to check this out. Okay. It's called thyroid plus. They also have another thing. I tried a lot of her products, and this one was like another one that really stood out to me. And that was the Vitality X plus collagen blend. This is just like a scoop of pure marine collagen. And it has 10 ingredients that are all about skin, hair, nails, gut. And how I do this is honestly, you guys, I just put a scoop in my water and froth it up. You can go on their site and shop their vitamins. They're all up to Australian standards, which is really unique and they're gluten-free and GMO-free. Also, if you just want to do like a deep dive 
on her and the vitamins and how she created the highest quality ingredients backed by science, you can listen to the episode that she was on. She really explains in detail everything. They also have a discount code for you. You're going to head to jshealthvitamins.com slash discount slash skinny and you get 15% off the entire range. The discount will be automatically applied at checkout. Or you can also go to the show notes for all the information. That's jshealthvitamins.com slash discount slash skinny. I recommend if you have anything going on with your thyroid, check out the Thyroid Plus formula. And then if you just want to like sex up your water in the morning, the Vitality X Plus Collagen Blend is the move. We know one of the biggest problems with our brain, our mind, our energy, our function of our overall body and our life is because we are running around dehydrated. Most of the time we're running around dehydrated because we don't have the proper minerals. We've talked about this on this show for so long and we keep talking about it. That's why I love our partner Element. Element is one of the best mineral sources as well as an electrolyte source. It is so important to replenish electrolytes as you go throughout the day, especially if you're training or working out or sweating in the gym, which I hope you all are. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. And like I said, it's got no junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no filler, no BS. Every time Lauren and I go to the gym, we have a bottle of water that we bring. We put our aminos in it, and then we also put our Element drink mix in there. We drink this throughout the workout when we're weight training, when we're doing cardio. And what it does is it replenishes your electrolytes and keeps you mineralized the whole time. So you're going to have more energy, more focus. You're going to get a better workout, which is obviously going to give you better results after you're done. So check it out. Of course, right now, Element is offering our listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com skinny. This deal is only available through our link. You must go to drinklmnt.com skinny. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have absolutely nothing to lose. When you're posing for the cover of Vogue, do you have a tip for for us? Just like a quick tip on like what to do. We got do. a cover shoot coming no, up. <laughs> yeah, I just want to know like, is there something I can like do to my face? So actually one of my most popular videos on YouTube was like how to pose. It has like 3 million views. But I think like for face, a couple of things you can do is put your tongue on the roof of your mouth, which carves out your jawline. It was like otherwise that gives you kind of like nice chin structure. And then always, I always lift my brows a tiny bit. You got to give them like a little bit. Otherwise, you look dead. Oh, my God. So, I'm fucked. I have, I, my brows are falling down my face. <laughs> your brows are by your dick. I can't even see. Well, I don't know what's lower, your brows or your balls. Call Dr. Jason Diamond and give me a brow lift right now. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, there's many ways to accomplish it if you really want to. But like, I guess Tyra called it the smize. But, you know, lifting your eyebrows a tiny bit, tongue onto the roof of the mouth, give yourself that jawline and a little bit of a smize. That's like Tyra was right with that. But you got to look a little bit awake. You can't look into the camera like deadpan, just looking like you're staring into space. You got to like think about something that you're excited about or whatever the mood of the shoot is. Maybe you're supposed to be angry or I don't know. But those are my my few tips. But the the tongue on the roof of the mouth thing is is very legit. I'm going to do that in every single Instagram story you guys ever see me post. Is there anything that I can do with my with the body that like is like very flattering? I see 
like I'll, I'll see celebrities do something with the hip. Like what what can we do? In a yeah, photo? I mean, it's always good to like create space like in between your legs. Like this is kind of creating a nice triangle so you can see your waistline. Obviously, you don't want to keep your limbs and your legs all close together because then you just look like a carrot. Like, I'm doing absolutely everything to- wrong. Right? <laughs> Like, as long as you kind of create some space, show off your waistline, you know, throw out a hip so you can, like, give yourself some curve and also tilting your hips back, almost like pushing your butt back so that it kind of, like, well, gives you, you that, that arch. She's good, she's, she's good at that part. She knows that. Gives you some arch and gives your legs, like, a nice shape. Those are amazing tips. Oh, I hope so. I hope everyone at home can, like... <laughs> I can see why that has three million views. Yes, I really went into it. And I, it's so Zoolander, but all models know it. They all have their things. At what point, when you launched your YouTube, you're hearing all these n- naysayers about your Instagram account. At what point did you start to see traction? Do you remember that moment? Yeah, it was like pretty, pretty quickly. I started getting like millions and millions of views on my my videos. And I would talk about like my everyday makeup, what I learned on set. I spoke about skincare a ton because I loved skincare and I loved beauty. And that was the world that I was in. I would primarily did beauty as a model, a space of Maybelline, Biotherm, this big Armani fragrance. Like I was like, I'm a shoulders up gal. Like that was my life. So then shortly after I was posting a lot of videos about beauty is when I got so much engagement, so many views. They were so into it. I was so into it and I was like this is clearly like my thing so I ran with it and then when do you decide to do a skincare line yeah so like I mentioned like skin was my life it was so important and I had come from the school of thought as a model that more was more when it came to beauty right like I was like I would put every single product and thing on my face that anyone recommended but I would go to work and my skin would literally be falling off of my face like makeup artists that I work with consistently would be like what are you doing now and I'd be like but I use La Mer and I use this and I use this and like it ended up that like less truly was more. So we partnered with the dermatologist, Dr. Julia Rusak, discussed with her. And it was like, we really wanted to carve out what are the key products that you need in a routine? What are gentle ingredients that truly work, that are nourishing, hydrating for the skin? So it was really fun to go down that path. But I think what started it or what kind of sparked it was like, I loved beauty. I felt so passionate about it, but I felt so confused about how to create a skincare routine. I did this video, a Harper's Bazaar, Get Unready With Me, and I shared my whole skincare routine. It was a million steps of like all these expensive products. My skin was suffering and people were like, this is the most whack routine ever. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I thought I was doing all the right things, but it turns out I was doing all the wrong things. And I was like, I can't be alone in this. And then I did a ton of research on Reddit, Twitter, my skincare addiction on Reddit. And everyone had like the same questions about skincare. It was like, what products do I actually need? How do I use them? What's the order I'm supposed to use them in? And how do they work together? Can I use this with this? Can I pair this with this? So that's really what sparked Covey, which was like products that were formulated to be used together, simple, gentle, effective. I know how gnarly it is to create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. How long did the process take you? And if someone's out there and they're listening and they want to create something out of nothing, what are your tips? Yes. So it was probably a three plus year process. And like research development, the product development took a very long time. And my business partner, Christina, and I, you know, we started with one lab, did 12 different iterations of something didn't work out, didn't work out with that lab. Like I'm sure both of you know, it is such a journey. But one of my best tips, and Christina, my co-founder will agree, is like, you'd be surprised how much you can learn from Google. Like we Googled everything and did so much of our own research and like phone calls and like stalking people and like trying to figure things out and like on LinkedIn and figuring out who this person used and how they used it and how they made it work. Like you don't need to like have this crazy expert person who's going to like 
point you in the right direction. Like her and I were just like hungry for information and we like figured it out. Like you can't. Obviously, we partnered with an expert, Dr. Julie Rusak, in terms of the formulations. But in terms of like the business, like we were just like in it. I feel like people that say that they need this expert and that expert and this and that are using that as an excuse not to execute. Yeah. I think it also creates like way too many cooks in the kitchen. Like I felt like we we still are a small and nimble team, but it allows us to kind of iterate very quickly, test, move on. Like, what are we doing next? Like, this doesn't work. Like, and keep going. I don't think I've ever asked anybody how to like start any business I've ever had. I think I just started with Google. Like, honestly, I'm not kidding. Legit. I read a book myself. I don't like everybody's like, oh, who's the mentor? Who's the, like, there's people along the way that can give you <laughs> tips. But I, like, I don't think I can't think of one time where I've had where I've thought like, oh, this person told me what to do. I just kind of figured it out along the way. Yes. And the amount of times like we would be Googling things and trying to figure things out. And I'm like, oh, great. I found that person's Instagram. Let's DM them and see if they can help us or like figure it out. Like we just went every route and avenue that we could. That's my favorite kind of story. Yes. It's just like, figure it out. Yes. If you were giving someone who's getting into content creation or the modeling industry advice when it comes to body image, Hmm. what would that be? I know you're a big fan of the body positivity movement. Like, can you speak on that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really tough advice, but it's like, try not to compare yourself to other people. I think we've been like, plagued and bombarded with like a very specific image of like how you're supposed to look as a woman and like how things are supposed to be, but really trying to embrace your figure. Like for me as a model, like I'll never forget, I reached this point when I was like a size six and I would fluctuate too between like a four to an eight and I was all over the place. But I had one manager who was like by my side and really passionate about me. And I was like, listen, I can't keep trying to be smaller, smaller, smaller. I need to be like this and I need someone to support me and like help me find jobs with people who want me like this. Like send them the worst Polaroid of me where I look humongous so that when I show up to set, they're like, she's even better than I thought. Like I just need someone to be honest and really like, be on my side. And I think if you're going to join as a model, like you can sign with the biggest, best agency ever. But if you don't have one person who's like, this is my girl, I'm going to root for her. And I'm going to like really campaign for her. That is so important. You need someone who's on your side and is passionate about you and your career and your vision for it. Because I was very like, I want to do this, this, this. I want to make this much money. Like these are the kind of jobs I want to do. I was kind of like crazy in that sense, like always sending bullet points being like, please, I want this. I want this. I want this. So that is another piece of advice It's definitely like as a model, you can't let your career like you need someone to support you, of course, but you also need to be your own advocate and you need to figure out what you want, what kind of jobs you want to do, how much money do you want to make? Do you want to be traveling all the time? Do you want to be like in the U.S.? Like you have to think about those things. I also feel like you have to you have to like demand what what you think you deserve. You have to have the vision. Yeah. So like yeah. if someone's putting you up in in a hotel and there's rats every like you have to be like, this doesn't work for me and have boundaries probably. Yes, definitely. Speak up and be like, this does not work, which has happened many of times. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be like for all of these these young girls that are just getting in this industry right now today? Well, it's interesting because I feel like models who are entering the industry today, like social media is so important, but no one tells you how to do that. Like, and I see so many girls and I meet with girls and they're like, how did you do this? Like, how did you figure out how to get followers here and here? And it's important for castings. It's important for booking jobs. And I'm like, you just have to lean into it. You'll feel silly and stupid. And like, you're putting yourself out there. Maybe people don't care, but you just have to keep creating and keep putting things out there. Like the right people will find you. They will engage and be excited about you. So I think for new models, I'm like, you know, just start with social. You need to like get yourself out there. You need to create content, but it's hard because you show up and you're like, 
I just want to like model for Vogue. And it's like, cool. But you also need to like be an influencer. It's not basically. anymore just about the look. Like, it is you have not. to have so much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, from a business perspective, it makes sense. Obviously, like these brands are all businesses and they're looking for places that are going to get as much awareness as possible for whatever they're shooting or doing. Right. Totally. Exactly. Like the more followers you have, the better. But of course, it's hard because some girls come in with like already like millions and millions of followers due to their background or whatever it might be. So you're also like working against that or with that or however you want to say. <laughs> so I want to go in to your wellness tips and tricks, mm-hmm. especially now as a mother. Yes. How, what were your wellness tips and tricks when you were modeling and how have they changed to now that you're a mother of a 10 month old? Yeah. I feel like my wellness routine has definitely changed since I became a mother. When I was a model, I felt like I was just like, as long as I work out for two hours a day and get like eight hours of sleep. <laughs> two hours a day. Yes. That was like then. And I had the time to do that. Like now I don't do that. I'm like, if I do 30 minutes a day and as long as I do like no sleep, deep rest once a day, I'm good. <laughs> What's no sleep, deep rest? Oh, it's awesome. It's those videos I was telling you about, right? Those are the sounds, right? Yeah. Like, it, I think you can I don't look know up on YouTube. Andrew Huberman was yeah, the Huber- one. Huberman's a big fan of it. He's a big fan of it. It's kind of like a me- meditation, but not you kind of close your eyes. I put on like my special eye mask and I, it only takes me like 20 minutes, but basically kind of meditating, but you kind of end up falling asleep. You're in this like perfect in between and then you get like a perfect amount of rest and then you can like, then I can do the rest of my day, which now as a mom is so important for me to just like, when she naps, I'm like, okay, time for no sleep, deep rest. He just, he just created his own too. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you guys should do it. Fuck, I forgot. Sorry, Andrew, man. I I know you created one. Just look it up. I'm sure it pops up on Google. What's your special eye mask? Oh, it's the Manta eye mask. I was just telling Christina, like it is the best eye mask ever. I've tried so many. It kind of fits like goggles, but it is the truest blackout eye mask. It is the best. Is it the one that looks like a fly? Yes. Okay, Michael used to have that. No, I buy these things, Lauren, and you throw them away. (laughs) I didn't. I, I, you buy too many things. I don't throw it away. I give it away. Get specific, Michael. There's an eye mask on Amazon that I saw. I thought you were going to say this one that massages your eyelids. Have you seen, have you guys seen this? No. No, too complicated. What do you mean? It's like massages your eyelids while you're closing them. And it has the blackout things that Emily likes. I don't need that, Lauren. Okay, well, I'm going to get it. And don't, don't try to steal it from it's me. It's great. And I I'm going to do my, my, say it again, no deep. sleep, deep rest. No sleep, deep rest. Yes. DR. That, and then also I feel like my wellness routine changed as a mom too. Like I used to do so much high intensity exercise before I had my baby. I can't do that now. Like I walk a lot more. I still lift weights. I love weightlifting, but I don't do like spinning and running and sprints. Like that's just like not compatible with my my spirit anymore. I don't know why. I have a question that I'm obsessed with that I talk about every single time I go to New York with Michael. What is it like to raise a, a baby right now in the city? Because it's completely different than raising a baby in LA or where we are in Austin. It's like, it's chaotic. Yes. It's definitely chaotic. It's nice at this age. You know, my daughter's 10 months. Like I can throw her in a carrier. I can throw her in the stroller and we're at coffee. We're at the doctor's. Like we can bounce around so easily. I think the moment that she is walking and running, it is not going to be ideal. And I'm actually moving right now. My husband is manning the move to the suburbs of New York, which I'm excited about. But yeah, I will be leaving. But I think in terms of like convenience, it's great. But I think once she's running around and like scooting around, I'm not going to want to be there. Does your husband have any involvement in the business or do you keep him out of it? He helped 
stopped in the beginning stages. So my husband is a private equity investor. So he definitely like oversees and loves to chime in like with myself and my best friend. love a good chime in. He like, but like in, yeah, he chimes in from up here and he's like, what are you guys working on? Like what's going on? And then we'll be like, oh, we're just like doing this. And he's like, really? You guys should be thinking about this. And we're like, oh my God, really? Should we be doing that? But he's definitely helpful and obviously has amazing expertise. But in terms of like running Covey, it is myself and my business partner doing it. What has being married to a private equity investor taught you? That <laughs> God, you know what? It's a my good genre. My next husband's going to be a private equity <laughs> investor. That's so efficient to just have on hand when I'm running a business. <laughs> like just like have it like ready to go. And then maybe my third husband... <laughs> 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 what the fuck's go- going on with you? No, but the private equity investor, that's like, that's so great. What, hey, what I know a couple of private equity investors and I'll set you, I'll gladly set you. You wouldn't last two seconds, Lauren. <laughs> He's like, go, please. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> you're, you're, the least favorite topic of you is numbers. Good luck, buddy. That's what I'm saying. That would yeah, be efficient for me. You're you're very smart with numbers, no, so I have to no, give my No, you're done now. I'm, I'm, I'm already looking. <laughs> Emily, do you know anybody? I'm already on the next. I'm moving on. Can you can you tell us like things that he's taught you that you would have never known if you weren't married to a private equity investor? Oh my gosh. I mean, we couldn't be more different, right? Like he is he's very intense. He's very type A. He's doing a million things at once. And then like I'm like a model, especially when we first started dating, like I would like be off in Paris and here and there and come back and be like, what's up? Let's hang out on a Wednesday. And he'd be like, I can't like I'm doing a deal. Like what? I think what it has taught me is like one thing about him is like he's really great at like being strategic and looking at things from a bird's eye view and being like, these are the clear like avenues that you need to be focused on and thinking about. Whereas like I feel like I can get into like the details and like, what about this? And what if this? And he's like, you're getting too into the nitty gritty. Like let's bring it up and think more strategically about like what needs to be happening, what you need to be working on and then figure out how to execute it instead of just being stuck in like, who's going to do that? How am I going to do that? How do we do that? It's like, I don't know if that makes sense, but just being more like strategic in my thought. And also he definitely taught me to how to be more clear about what I want in my modeling career. He would always be like, you can't like wait for them to like figure this out for you. Like let's make an outline and the bullet points and exactly what you want. And then you hold them accountable. You say, well, what about these things that I like wrote you last week? Like, what are you, how are you working on those? Like, and checking in on that. He definitely taught me how to do that. So I feel like they were like, you're crazy. I'm like, not me. He sounds organized. <laughs> Beyond. And I'm so type B. I'm so not. So am I. Great. And, what, and are you type A? Probably. Probably yeah. more type A. Yeah. yeah. No, he's definitely more like your husband. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he, I call him like the umbrella. Yeah. Like he, he, the umbrella over everything. And I'm like, but what's like the, the stitching on the umbrella? I think we make a good team because like I'm not the detail guy. Totally. But I, yeah. But I try to see the, maybe the broader picture. Yes. Right. From a different perspective. You need both. Yeah. Lexus, it has a special place in my heart. I have driven two Lexuses myself, and my dad had one growing up. And I have one to tell you about, and that is the Lexus RX. It's the best selling luxury crossover of all time and the best selling luxury vehicle every year since it was first introduced. But Lexus has never mistaken being ahead with being at the finish line. So they've re imaged every aspect of the RX. You're going to get this thoroughly redesigned 2023 RX features. That's right. It's a thoroughly redesigned 2023 RX. It features heart-pounding design, intelligent technology, and courageous performance. Model year 2023 RX has tons of features that allow you and your car to work together. 
So you should also know it includes the first ever RX 500HF Sport Performance Hybrid that ups the ante on the RX Performance. What I love about Lexus is I feel safe when I'm driving it because I'm not the best driver and they have this like pre-collision system. So the car can detect a pedestrian and it has a safety feature that really just helps my anxiety when I'm backing out. I really, really like the pre-collision system. I feel like it's a must in a car for me, especially. Anyway, just like the RX, its drivers are people who don't rest on their laurels like you guys and are always striving to up their game. The Lexus RX is the perfect vehicle for people who want to venture beyond the expected route and never lose their edge. Never lose your edge with the all-new Lexus RX. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Do you want skincare that is affordable, cruelty-free, vegan, dermatologist-tested, and sensitive skin-friendly? Something that you can grab that's quick and that really doesn't break the bank? I got you covered, okay? Versed. I've been talking about this brand on the podcast for three years. It is such a great brand that you can literally pick up at your drugstore. If you're going to pick up a product and you know I've gone on I've tested a bunch of their products for you. My team has tested their products. I would check out the Retinol Body Lotion. It's the best-selling one that they have, and it has a lot of clean beauty fans, but it's also affordable, okay? So it's a fraction of the cost of high-end skincare. This is a retinol and a vitamin C, which is absolutely amazing, and I think it's so cool that they made one for the body. I was getting a facial the other day, and she was talking about how important it is to take care of your hands and your neck and your arms, and to have a body lotion that just does the job that's affordable is absolutely amazing. Skin's complicated. Skincare shouldn't be. That's why Verst offers clean, high-performance, results-driven skincare at prices your bank account will appreciate. (laughs) From ethnically sourced ingredients to recycled packaging, Verst products are delivered for you, with you, and with our planet in mind. They've really thought of everything. And most importantly, this is such a great brand if you're on a budget, okay? You're going to visit versedskin.com slash skinny and use code skinny10 at checkout. You get 10% off your first purchase. That's versedskin.com slash skinny. Use code skinny10 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. This episode is brought to you by Ritual. I make these pancakes. They're protein pancakes after my workout. I know the importance of getting protein after a workout because of Dr. Gabrielle Lyons. And these are so easy to make and you get 20 grams of protein, okay? What I do is I do two scoops of ritual protein powder and then I do a third of a cup of oats, chia seed, hemp seed, one egg and an egg white. I mix it all up. I make the pancakes and then I take some maple syrup and crush some raspberries up. It's absolutely delicious and I get my protein in. The protein that I like is very specific because Ritual's protein has no added sugar or sugar alcohols. It's soy-free, gluten-free, and non-GMO. It's made from sustainably grown peas, and it's farmed right here in the USA. Most importantly, though, and we just did an episode on this, it has a complete amino acid profile. So you're getting the amino acids after you work out, too. I love it because the taste is not like chalky at all. I do not like chalky protein, and this one is not chalky. If you want to support bone health and you also want to feel full after a workout, you got to have protein. And Ritual's Essential Protein is delicious. It's plant-based and it has three distinct formulas designed to meet the body's changing protein needs. You guys know I took their pregnancy 
multivitamin during my whole pregnancy with Zaza and Towns. They just know their shit. Okay. It's just the good stuff. Ready to shake up your protein ritual? Our listeners get 10% off during the first three months at ritual.com slash skinny. Ritual even offers a money back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. I know you will be, especially after you have those pancakes. You're going to visit ritual.com slash skinny today for 10% off your first three months. You mentioned off air, we were talking about how bad I had postpartum depression with Zaza and you were saying that you experienced postpartum anxiety. What was that like? And do you feel like it's getting better, worse, the same? It's definitely gotten better. I had really bad postpartum anxiety and I felt like no one, and we kind of said this, I I felt so ready and prepared and terrified of postpartum depression because everyone talks about that. Nobody warned me about postpartum anxiety and what that looked like. I was afraid I was going to be like sad and in bed and sluggish. I was like, I felt like I was on like hard drugs 24 seven. I was like never sleeping. I was always roaming around that house at like all hours of the night. When my baby was sleeping, I was never sleeping. I also had this thing called DMER, dysphoric milk ejection reflex. So while I was nursing, I would get this like extreme wave of like anxiety and dread and shame and fear that would come over me, which has to do with like your dopamine levels that change while you're nursing. Your sister had that. Yeah, that's she, the thing. Your sister had that. And yeah. it, doesn't it happen for like a, yep. a second? It's like the letdown. Yeah. And so that was horrible and really had a lot to do with like, I feel like my postpartum anxiety, once I stopped nursing, almost all of it went away. So I feel like with my next child, I will not nurse as long, but I felt a lot of pressure to do that as so many moms do and like stick with it and do it. And I also felt a lot of guilt about my postpartum anxiety because I was like, I live in New York City. I have a supportive husband. I had a baby nurse. I'm like, I have everything and I'm a complete and total mess. So I tried to speak on my Instagram and my my YouTube as much as I could about, about postpartum anxiety because I was like, I really was not prepared for this. And no one told me what this looked like. And Lauren, you're like saying this. I was like, I would have these horrible intrusive thoughts of like letting go of the stroller and like incoming traffic or like that I would fall down the stairs with my babies. And then I would have a conversation with another mom and she'd be like, oh yeah, me too. I think about that all the time. It's totally normal. And I'd be like, oh, perfect. I'm so glad that's totally normal. No one told me that that was going to be happening or like my best friend, Christina gave birth around the same time as me. And I'd be like, yeah, but like, do you think about falling down the stairs or like the, the, the ceiling caving in a lot and like stuff like that. And she was like, no, I don't think about that. Or like, like uh, the, wait, knives, the knives accidentally, like the knives yes. are like on the eighth <laughs> shelf and like they accidentally fall down that like it would never, it could never like Ever. scientifically happen. Yes. Just like all this, these weird thoughts that you never experienced. So many intrusive thoughts. And, and it's so interesting because one other thing that really pulled me out of it was this might be like controversial was starting to work again. So Christine and I were in the thick of it with Covey and we started, we both started joining calls again, like two weeks postpartum, but it made me feel so much better yeah. to be like working on something that I feel passionate about and something I know. I felt so confused in this new role. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't think I was doing a good job, but I did know how to do that. And I did know how to like engage with Covey and our partners and like product development and something I feel excited about. So I feel like that's controversial because I think going back to work, like a lot of women can't, don't want to do that postpartum. And I totally get that. But with it's my own business, I can engage as I want. But starting that sooner made me feel better. And it made me feel more like me at a time where I did not feel like me. But I know you had like a similar. I just think it's not a one size fits all. No. Like if it works for you to go back to work, great. If it works for you to breastfeed, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. This breastfeeding thing, I, I don't know if I like missed the breastfeeding class in school where like people, I mean, I was blown away at how 
interested and judgmental people yes. are about who fucking cares if you breastfeed or you don't. It's your own prerogative. The funniest thing about my wife is like she lives in this little bubble that's like her own bubble. And then she's constantly shocked by like the I didn't reaction know. Of the and everyone's world. like, are you breastfeeding? I'm like, I don't like that's like to me, that question is like, were yes. you breastfed? Like, what if I got on the mic and I was like, so Emily, were you breastfed? Like, that's how little that I care if someone else is breastfeeding. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. But I think like it is such a big focus for women and they put so much pressure on you in the hospital and stuff too. Like, I just remember that feeling and like, I was just reflecting on this the other day. Like, remember in the hospital, like they were like, are you nursing? Like, we got to get the lactation consultant here. Make sure you write down every single time you nurse on this whiteboard. And I'm like, ma'am, like my vagina is split in half. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I, I don't think know. That, do you know that the hospital told me that they didn't have hot water? The warm water or whatever. They said, we don't have water. Ooh. And I said, what? What do you mean you don't have water? Because I wanted to have the option. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to have like my formula option and my breastfeeding option. And they're like, yeah, we don't we don't have hot water. Yeah, so, so it was awkward. I like had to bundle all these blankets and then I lit part of it on fire and I had this big thing and I was the fu- it was a big fire. I built a fire in the no, hospital. No, he didn't. No, I was kidding. Oh my God. No, but I mean, basically like we had to build a goddamn campfire in the hospital. I was like, just go down and turn the water to yeah, hot. Yeah, well, I'm like, just... what do you, you, yeah. uh, what's, what do you like, mean? You I'll have water in the hospital. Here's yeah. a bottle of water. Can we heat, like, can we heat it up? Yeah. Like that's how there's like this underlining thing in society with breastfeeding. Yeah, there is a lot of pressure around it. And I feel like I really fell victim to that the first time, but I will not the second time because the minute I stopped, my world and my brain opened up in the best way. And I could be a mom that I want, the mom that I wanted to be. I couldn't while I was nursing. Not to be sexist, but this is an area where like I've sometimes, I think as a man, you observe sometimes the behaviors of women. And I could never imagine a scenario where I cared what another man was doing with his child. I mean, outside of like maybe not hurting them or like being creepy, but like I would, you know, if I can't imagine any kind of scenario. I'm like, did you feed him that? That's <laughs> so steak? true. Like, uh, we, we, and then the worst fucking part of it all is you get on Instagram story and you're doing mm-hmm. something and they're like, Ooh, you shouldn't be doing that. If you're breastfeeding, first of all, you oh don't know God. what the fuck I'm doing. Like, could you imagine if Second I like, of all, like, derailed my day that take the peanut gallery somewhere else? Like, it's just, it's so, it's so weird that people care what other people are doing. And I feel like this conversation needs to be had more. Well, could you yeah. imagine if a bunch of men were like, Jim, I saw you feeding your kid these carrots online and I really need to stop what I'm doing now and comment on your post because I'm at work and I'm pissed off about the way you're doing and this. And by the way, like my sister has two kids. Her first kid, she could she couldn't breastfeed. Like there was reasons she couldn't breastfeed. Right. Her second kid is like 85 right now and she's still breastfeeding. Listen, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like you get what I'm saying. Like she yes. loves it now. So like maybe like, you know, this time you like it, this time you don't. Like I don't think we need to like have this like Listen, one size fits all I'll tell all you, I'm going to make a blanket statement here and it's going to, somebody's going to pick it up and yell at me. But us men, we have a lot of our shortcomings, but I'll tell you what, we don't get in each other's business. We don't, we don't care. We're just doing our own <laughs> yeah. things floating around. I feel like some people getting, it's a formula for disaster when you get in people's business. <laughs> no, it just, it makes me sad when you say that like one of the, re, like the, the pressure of yes. breastfeeding and like, then you stopped and you felt better. Like that makes me sad. Yeah. But don't you feel like, I mean, one thing I'm not, I'm not complaining about being a content creator or an influencer, but the amount of influx of opinions and judgment the minute I became a mother and the minute I became pregnant is wild. And it's all women in my DMs and they are mean and judgmental and bossy and have like so many things to say. Like it, it did change how I felt about social media after I had a baby. Let me, people let are me really tell judgmental. you what to do. I know what <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah, I need help. If there's a bully, 
punch it in the face. So what happened to me is I brought my brand new baby home. I'm postpartum depression. And I took a picture of us in the car, like a selfie of me and, and Zaza. And she was in her car seat, but we weren't driving yet. We were waiting for Michael in the car. And I got thousands of messages about how the seatbelt was. Oh my gosh. And then I posted something and I said, I am not the one. I am not the influencer to come to to tell me what to do. I am going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to put my child in harm's way. We were not driving the car. I'm not going to justify this. The car was not moving. And in the future, I am not the one that if you if you give it an inch of energy, they will come in. Yeah, I I. I learned that for sure. If you create a space online where you're willing to accept abuse online, then the abuse will continue to come. Totally. Yeah. And so like, if you're just like, Hey, I don't care. And you're out and you're blocked. And like, I'm also not at request for coaching. Goodbye. Then like, I feel like they move on to another property. But I think like motherhood activates something in women. They feel like they have the right to kind of share their experience or how they think it should be. And I I found that kind of disheartening actually, after I had a baby, I was like, I don't want to share what I'm ever doing. Ever. I don't this blame making you. me feel bad. <laughs> I also think, listen, if there's if someone comes at me in a way that that is constructive, Productive. right? Or I, I'm I'm saying like too much on the podcast. That's something I can fix totally. But when you're telling me I hate your voice, I can't change. Like it's the way you come at someone. No, if we've you can't a, change something. We've got a lot of good tips and advice for people. But again, it's like coming from a place of like, hey, I've tried this. It might work for you, as opposed to like yeah. you have to do it my way and your way is wrong. Totally. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's the. And I think also like we just should do a PSA. A new mother is very fragile. Totally. Like it, it's not the time. No, I feel like people don't know. I also did not know that before I had a baby, though. Like I feel so regretful about how I treated friends who had babies. And I'd be like, oh, my God, like, yahoo, that's amazing. And I'm like, she was probably so unwell when I was like two days after she had her baby. I'm like, when can I come over? But you don't know. You don't know how fragile a new mom is and how frazzled and confused and the hormones. And like it is a shooketh experience. What are some non-negotiables in your morning routine and nighttime routine with a new baby running a business? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, in the mornings, uh, first of all, for my sleep, I always have my mom to eye mask. I always sleep the exact same amount every single night, seven and a half hours. If I do more than that or less than that, I feel horrible. Like that is like my like non-negotiable. Of course, like I have a baby, so sometimes it's not perfectly that, but that's the ideal. And then for the mornings, I usually wake up around five or five thirty, but I also go to bed at like eight o'clock at night because I am like a grandmother. And then I always have like a cold brew in the morning. And I just love the mornings because it's so quiet. It's so still. I come up with the best ideas and the best thoughts and ideas when I'm just like alone and have stillness in the morning. So I feel like that's kind of a non-negotiable. Like when I wake up and I'm frazzled and trying to like go grab my daughter and like give her her bottle and like like, I'm awake at the same time as her. That is horrible. Ideally, I'll also work out in that time frame before she wakes up around seven or I go grab her from her crib. And then always I give her her morning bottle and I use that as a time to just like cuddle her and bond with her. No phone, like just literally hold her and like enjoy that moment instead of like being like on my phone and like doing things like I really that morning time is really important to me to like set the tone for the day. For the evening, I don't really have a lot of non-negotiables for the evening. I always eat around 5, 30, 6 o'clock. I don't do late dinners. Don't call me. I'm not coming. Like, I do not yes, eat late at I night. I like this. This is good. <laughs> my language. And also, I like for my sleep to be like good sleep, I like have to eat pretty healthy, I feel. Like if I'm eating like pizza or pasta or whatever, I sleep horribly. I really try to eat really healthy, like lots of protein, greens, 
like healthy fats. That's like kind of like my go-to diet or what my plate looks like. And then I'm always in bed around like 8, 8.30, especially with postpartum because the evenings for some reason were the hardest for me. Like the minute the sun went down, like something activated in me and I would get really anxious and nervous and not feel good. So my evening routine is so sacred. Like the minute the sun goes down or like the minute I put my daughter into her crib, I am in the shower. I am relaxing. I am doing my skincare routine. I'm like by myself. I am in bed with my eight sleep. Do you guys have an eight sleep? No, it's an eight sleep. <gasps> it oh, is wait, the best wait. thing ever. A, oh, wait, is it like a cooling blanket type yes. thing? Yes, it's, it's a mattress pad. So they have mattresses and they also have a pad. Let me ask you this though. Does it come with all the machinery and stuff? It Be- does have one thing that's about this big. It's on my husband's side of the bed and you have to change the water periodically, but you can make it as cold as you want, as hot as you want. It can wake you up with a vibrate or it can wake you up by getting colder or warmer in the morning. This morning's. is the one people, like there was like it's the great. Uler one, but that we had something and it was yeah. like, it was kind of a disaster. There was cords everywhere, but so this one you like. Yes. So then after okay. I do my skincare routine and my hair care routine, whatever I'm doing, I climb into bed and then I put my eight sleep on warm. I feel nice and like quiet and like by myself, read my Kindle. Like my evenings, I'm like, cannot be disturbed. <laughs> what are you reading right now? I just finished actually Emrata's book, My oh, Body. So did I. So good. Isn't yeah. that good? It was very good. And obviously a lot of it resonated for me because I was I'm a model and like she had such an interesting take on things where I was like, oh my God, that she put it into words. I like never knew how to say that. She's very articulate. Yes. Very yeah. good. It was a very good book. That's so weird. That's kind of why I think I'm like interested right now in that whole world because yeah. she was so open. And then I'm also doing a Colleen Hoover. Oh my gosh, which one is it? I can't even remember. All the Colleen Hoovers are so good. Oh, it's the one that starts with a V. Variety. Yes. Ooh, that one's a little, that one's, that one's one of my favorites, but it's a, it's a little creepy. But I do love a book. I love like something like Emrata's book, but I also love a book where I'm on like a brain vacation. I feel like I'm in a TV show and like can enjoy it. That one's nonfiction at at night is hard for me. Yeah. That's a very good book. You're going to like that. You have to message me after you're done reading that. Yeah. If you were to start with one product in your line, tell our audience. And then I was wondering, can we do a little giveaway? Yes, of course. That would be great. So tell us what you would start with the first thing. I have used your products. I like them a lot. The packaging is stunning. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you also for your ice roller, that saved my life when I was pregnant. I was the hottest, most crankiest pregnant person. And I loved your ice roller in combination with one of our serums. Loved it. In combination with the serum. Yes. Huh. Yes. I got to give you pink balls to try with the serum oh, too. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, I got to give you pink balls. Um, I think for Covey, a product to start with was great would be our first of all cleanser because actually cleanser is such an underrated thing. Like you need to start with a great foundation for the rest of your skincare routine to be effective and to be successful. So our first of all cleanser has actually already won three beauty awards, which we're so proud of. It takes off makeup, dirt, grime, sunscreen in one step. We wanted to replace the double cleanse. We had so many different iterations of this product. I'm sure you guys can relate. It took us so long to perfect it, but we really wanted it to take everything off without stripping or drying your skin. So we have really hydrating ingredients in there, really soothing ingredients. It is amazing. And the foundation for the rest of your skincare routine. Okay. That sounds incredible instead of having to do a double cleanse. Yeah. Can we give away, what can we give away from your skincare line? You can give away the full cubby routine. You should. Okay. Let's give away the whole cubby routine. You can use the serum with the ice roller. You can remove all your, your stuff on your face and one cleanse with yes. the cleanser. All you guys have to do is follow. Emily DiDonato or at cubby. Okay. And then tell us your favorite part of this episode with Emily on my latest Instagram. And we'll get like the whole shebang package. 
Where can everyone find your line, you, your YouTube channel, pimp yourself out? <laughs> so you can find me at Emily DiDonato, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Covey at Covey or CoveySkin.com. Come say hello. I answer almost all of my DMs and I always ask people who try Covey to shoot me a DM. Let me know what you're thinking, how you're feeling. If it's working for you, I always answer everyone. That cleanser is getting me excited. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for coming on. You are very inspiring. I am a big fan. Thank, thank you for doing the show. Thanks for having me. Do you want to win some Covey skincare products? All you have to do is follow at Covey Skincare on Instagram and tell me your favorite part of this episode with Emily on my latest post at Lauren Bostick. Also, if you guys want to hear someone on the podcast, let us know. We love your feedback as always. With that, we'll see you next time. When I was in college, I would just go to any random store and get a pan. It's so crazy that you even literally have to worry about your pans now because there's so many pans out there that have chemicals in them and lead and all these nasty things that you're cooking your eggs on. So enter Caraway Homes. Okay. Non-toxic kitchenware. They have designed this for the modern home. So it's cute. It's chic. I even got like a cream that matches my house. It has chemical-free ceramic coating. So food can be prepared with peace of mind. And none of those hard-to-pronounce chemical compounds that we don't know what they are will leach into your healthy ingredients. All the sets come equipped with easy-access storage solutions, so there's no stacking required. It comes with like a little cute thing that you can just like put your lids in and stack your lids in. I'll show it to you on Instagram story. It's very efficient and organized. You should know that all their products are not made with PFAS, PTFE, PFAO, or any other hard-to-pronounce, like I said, chemicals. They also have a naturally sleek surface, so that means you don't have to put tons of butter or oil. And 30,000 people have raved about this non-toxic kitchenware. They have an incredible cyber season event sale happening. This is the perfect time to stock up on non-toxic kitchenware. You're going to visit carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase for non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long, so you're going to visit carawayhome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. This is such a good gift. I would like die for this gift. carawayhome.com.